Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? What's up, Buck fans? Welcome up, everyone. We're back. It's Monday. It's live stream Monday. Guess what? We didn't win, but we did win the Super Bowl. Awesome stuff. We're joined together by Mr. Evan Wanish from the Cannon. Cannon's Fire. Oh, I already messed it up. So, Cannon <laughs> Fire Podcast. There you go. And we're actually happy because it's our first guest of the offseason. But as always, Mark Ramirez is joined by Michael Pless. Evan Wanish, welcome to the show. Give everyone a little taste of what you do, where you're at, and what you like to talk about. Yeah, so uh, to many people's surprise, maybe I'm not in Florida. I'm in uh, near the Philadelphia area, so uh, I, I've never lived in Florida. I've always lived here, so a lot of people ask me why I've become a Bucks fan. It's really just because of my dad. Uh, but uh, I, I'm a co- yeah, co-host of the Cannon Fire podcast. Uh, I've been doing it since... 2017 season i think or right at the end of the 2016 season around there um and we uh, are lo- love doing it we do it on show on youtube uh for our youtube people and then you can find us on every major podcasting platform there is uh just search campfire podcast and you can find us there awesome so evan let's let's run it down so obviously bucks win the super bowl tom brady became a buccaneer it's like holy crap whirlwind we went straight straight there. It was like, how did this happen? We went from we can't win a season to now we're winning Super Bowls. So give us a quick rundown how you how you thought this season went. Like the whole rash of we're getting everyone that we wanted and then we're at the promised land and we, we're holding up the cup pretty much. What do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, to me, it was really I sort of I knew that chemistry was going to be important. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't want to make that an excuse for every little thing that went wrong. Uh, like week one versus New Orleans, I would be like, okay, like I didn't really expect that to be a win. Yeah. I, I thought anybody that was really picking the Bucks to win, yeah, you could be optimistic, but like that was going to be a difficult game. That was going to be a very, very difficult game with New Orleans having their chemistry and no preseason, no OTAs, no basically no training camp. I mean, very abbreviated training camp. Uh, so I, I wasn't really sure about that, but then you could see as the season went on that chemistry was, was real. And it really, really got there. And then obviously the bye week hit and there are seven and five coming off of two losses, two losses that, you know, didn't really leave a great taste in your mouth. 
Mm. And uh, then they just go on this run. And to me, that's like the offense really clicked in the second half of the Atlanta game, the first Atlanta game in Atlanta, I think, uh, because they were, they were slow. I mean, Minnesota, they only put up the 26 points and then they were down 17, nothing to Atlanta in the first half. So, I mean, it was a slow start and then they just woke up and uh, the rest is history. So they went on a great playoff run and it, it was nice to finally beat the saints. Um, that was, that was, that was a nice, that might actually been, Almost better than the Super Bowl, I, I think, because it's that's where like back in the day with Philly, right? The Bucks could never beat Philly, and then once they did, they were able to you know win the Super Bowl almost with ease. Um, and that, that sort of felt the same way here. Yeah. So, all right, we got some people in the chat. Love seeing you guys in here. Let's get some mm-hmm. questions for Mister Evan Wanish. I mean, we're of the Cannon Fire podcast. <laughs> get it right this time. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess before we jump into agency in the draft let's get some other questions that you want to address so what do you think the worst game of the season was really quick in your eyes i mean that that has to be the new orleans uh sunday night game I, it's, mm. they just got they just got walloped i mean that was a that was just a just a whooping it, uh, every phase they got beat they they didn't not really I, I mean, I guess Ryan Suckup made his only field goal and he didn't miss any kick because that's that's literally the only person I think who who uh, showed up. So I, I think it has to be that one. It's ugly. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that completely. <laughs> I think yeah, the Saints game was was pretty awful. I mean, right after that one, probably the Bears game. I mean, that was just yeah. like, I mean, offense couldn't do anything right, and then yeah, you lose Vita Vea too, so that that hurt. But yeah, definitely that Saints game. That was just like. Yeah, just a, a gut check. Yeah, to turn a game off at like halftime. Yeah. Disgusting. Oh, <laughs> Max in the chat. Can Evan describe his mustache? <laughs> it's uh it's a work in progress. I'll describe it as that. It's a it, it it's it's a work in progress. It's something that something that I debate on shaving pretty much every day, but I never seem to do it. So you it's know Stomco like stash. It's like <laughs> there but it's still lingering it has potential but it's like yeah are we there yet we're we not there yet <laughs> yeah it doesn't really know what it wants to do yet so hopefully it'll figure it out soon all right it's, it's a okay uh we got some new people in the chat jared the the legend awesome to see you in here always good to see new faces in the chat keep asking questions always good to see you uh but let's let's move on obviously we all know we won the super bowl we're excited about it and some people want to celebrate it until free agency actually begins, but let's, let's talk about it. So we have a long list of free agents. We have Chris Godwin. We have Shaq Barrett. Those, those two alone are command so much money. So stalking, stalking, talking about those first two, who do you think will command the most money? And do you think we can actually get both back in your opinion? Well, I, I do think they can get both back. Um, I think they're going to if if they both enter the open market, I, I think they both command pretty similar money on a long term deal. It's going to be around 19 to 20 million dollars a year, I, I think, for both guys, maybe a tad more for Godwin just because he is, what, 24 years old. So mm-hmm. um, and, and I mean, still 
like he's had one 1000 yard season, but you can see like his best days are still ahead of him. So right. uh, some team might want to make that long-term investment. But I think, I mean, we talked about it before the show, the franchise tag uh, thing opens tomorrow, right? When teams mm-hmm. can start to franchise guys. To me, if you look at it, it's obvious that Chris Godwin is the candidate for the Bucks. Uh, last year, it was pretty obvious that Shaq Barrett was. Uh, then, you know, the Bucks wanted Shaq Barrett to sort of prove himself. Didn't have the greatest regular season, not as good as 2019, but in the playoffs, he proved his worth. So I do think they they could bring both of them back, but I think long-term deals for both might be a little unrealistic. I think one of them has to be on the tag, and most likely Godwin um, is that wide receiver tag number seems pretty reasonable, around $15.8 million, I think it's projected to be. Um, so I do think that they can bring both back, but I don't know if they can bring both back on long-term deals, which they would probably like to. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. I think, you know, looking at the options, obviously I think Chris um, is going to get the tag, like you said. Um, now it's just about, you know, how you want to structure, you know, Shaq Barrett's deal. You know, obviously they want to bring him back on a long-term deal. They would like to do the same for Chris, you know, um, you know, if, you know, if they have to go with Chris as a franchise tag and then, you know, potentially, you know, sign him to a long-term deal after this season, you know, see just some more consistency, you know, see uh, like, you know, him not being injured, see if he can put, you know, put up the numbers that we saw him do uh, two seasons ago. Uh, I think that'll be, you know, a, that'll be a good way to go. But, you know, Shaq, it's just, I mean, he's, he's going to demand high money uh, just because of pass rushers and the, the limit of them for sure. Okay. And then we didn't even mention Levante David, Robert, yeah. Fournette, yeah. Antonio Brown. So, I mean, Levante, I, I think everyone's just assuming, Oh, it's, a, it's an unseen thing. He's already going to be here. He's already going to be back to me. Like he is a lifer Buccaneer. Like there was rumors of, Oh, just what's going to happen. Could he leave? And then he came out saying, let me enjoy this for a moment. Like, Holy crap. <laughs> let me enjoy the, the Super Bowl ho- hoisting that thing up in the air. But, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of money that needs to be signed back. And Sue isn't one that usually takes discounts either. So that's yeah. a, another area where I'm like, I, I don't know. But uh, I honestly think the hardest one will be Shaq, to me, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Ronkowski's not going to get $9 million like he did last year. It just, wow. it just it ain't going to happen. I mean, he's not a top three target. So there's no point in warranting $9 million. Uh, but with that said, let's go to Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. You think any one of those two gets signed back and do you even want them to be back? Well, the one I'm, I'm most confident is going to leave, I think, is probably Leonard Fournette. I, I mm-hmm. think it's – if you look at it, I think it's really obvious that, you know, at times they weren't even completely sold on him. And I'm sure they would like to have him back, but they would like to have him back at, at their price, which is – basically the minimum almost um, especially since they're going to be they're going to be you know tight on the cap so they're going to need to you know they can't really spend four million five million dollars a year on a running back so uh, I do think that some team out there is going to look at his playoff performance and sort of ignore the regular season stuff and say give him a shot so I think Leonard Fournette's probably the most likely of all the free agents to be gone uh, and then Antonio Brown's a tricky one to me and I, I don't, I'm not sure what you guys think but I could I seriously think it's 50-50. Like, I, I, I really do. Uh, because I just don't know what his market's going to be. 
you know, the, the Ravens and Seahawks were interested in him before he signed with Tampa and he was going to, you know, get off the suspension. Are those two teams going to be interested in him now? Or, you know, now that he's sort of, you know, behaved himself and was productive for, you know, a little bit in Tampa, are there going to be more teams in the mix? What type of money are they offering? And then from Tampa's side, like, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll want him back. How powerful is the, you know, allure of Tom Brady being here? You know, how how powerful is that? And how much does that weigh into Brown's decision? I, I seriously think it's 50-50, and I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't decided uh, officially what i'm leaning towards yet but um it's i i think it's going to be that's going to come down that's truly going to come down to what the market is i think Hmm. plus i'll let you take it first yeah i i agree with what you said there uh evan but you know on you know realistically i think both are most likely gone uh i just i don't feel you know the need to bring either back um you know i i like you know scotty miller i like tyler johnson i like to see those guys get more featured um, you know, especially with Mike Evans and hopefully, you know, Chris Godwin being back. Um, so I just, I just don't see a fit for Antonio Brown going forward, but you know, if they want to sign him for, you know, you know, less than 2 million or something like that incentive base, maybe, but, uh, I would probably lean towards both being gone. Damn it, plus, why do we always got to agree on the same damn thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Leonard Fournette. And then, so Raymond made a good point here as well, like saying, uh, wasting another year for Miller and Johnson can't be wasted for another year. Talking about AB, mm-hmm. we've mentioned that in past live streams. It's just like you have all this talent. You saw what Tyler Johnson did in the playoffs. He made big play after big play on third downs. Yes, Antonio Brown was a hell of a pickup midseason. No one expected him to be a Buccaneer, and we helped him clean his his slate for a lot eight maybe what twelve games since he made it all the way through the playoffs too without getting in trouble. So maybe now he has his opportunity to go do whatever he wants. Maybe he does want to stay with Brady. I don't know. But again, like you said, contract matters. Plus, looking at the Bucks side of things, we have Scotty Miller, who was literally balling out before this, before the signing. Mm. Like you don't waste that either. Like, he's a true speed threat where we were spreading the ball around everywhere with him. So I almost want to see what it could be with him. Plus OJ Howard coming back healthy. How many more weapons you got? <laughs> you need to have them. That's plus the money's probably going to want to demand. Uh, and then Leonard Fournette, it's another thing. What about Vaughn? I mean, let him develop, let him become what Rojo was his second year, too. So I don't know. I, I just don't think I'm not going to fret, forget the first regular season by Fournette either. So, like you mentioned, I mean, I don't know. Let, let Fournette get his money unless he truly does want to be team first. I don't know. But, uh, before we go on to the next topic, Jeff Goodrich, thank you again. He says, thanks for the content, guys. Please put your logo on a shirt for me. Yes. Plus, and I need to get on that. <laughs> lazy with that. We we had a shirt and all that stuff set up, and then we took it down. We got to get back on it. We got to get on Patreon. We got to get all this stuff going. Uh, the boy, I, I know the boys, he's slowing me down, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Plus, it's helping out big time. <laughs> uh, but let's, let's keep going. So, yeah, I mean, I see your point, though, with Lenny and I mean, he's Lombardi Lenny. It's insane. But uh, let's keep going. So the next free agents, Sue, what was the other one? I just Sue. You think Sue comes back? And he said he wanted to come back, but you think he comes back? I, if he does come back, I don't think it's going to be at the $8 million that he got last year. I, I just, I think reasonably 
five million, four million, maybe. I last off season, I really wasn't in favor of bringing him back. I, I felt yeah. like there was going to be better options out. I just felt like there was going to be better options out there. Uh, he's a little bit older. I, I felt like his 2019 was average per se. Um, and I didn't know really what his number was going to be. So, um, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, this year he was better this year. I actually think and he was better this year than he was in his first year. Um, so, I mean, I would be open to bringing him back. I, I if I had to guess, I would say he's probably back. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be at $8 million or whatever. I think, and I, I truly think that you know, while he says he wants to be back, I think retirement still may be a, a, a thing for him. I think that's not completely ruled out yet. I know he said he got the okay from his wife, uh, you know, to, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to keep playing, uh, which is obviously important, but um, I, I, I still wouldn't completely rule out retirement. It, I think he's a guy, maybe he goes into free agency, has an offer from the Bucks already in the back of his hand, you know, and then sees what it is. And if he doesn't like the Bucks offer enough and there's nobody else offering, he has to weigh, does he want to return to Tampa or does he want to be, have his last year in the NFL be him holding up a Lombardi? You know, I think that's it's a tough decision, but if I had to guess, I would say he's probably back. Yeah, I mean, looking at looking at the free agents, you know, and, you know, obviously we talked about Gawain, you know, Shaq Barrett, Levante. I think those are priorities. Um, and I put Sue right up there with those guys uh, because I feel like he's a very important piece of this defense. I mean, him and Vita Vea being able to, you know, occupy four offense alignment every snap, it gives opportunities for guys like Shaq Barrett and, and JPP to do what they do. So that's why I would probably rate, you know, Indomitian Sue maybe a little higher than most people are, you know, as far as priority lists bringing him back. I think he's, I, I hope he's back because looking at this draft and I know we're going to get into draft talk and, you know, just the defensive line class, the defensive tackle class is not very strong and, you know, free agency, I don't really see any other options, um, you know, as far as, you know, just doing what Sue can do. Um, and he really had a good year last year. So I'm all for, you know, him bringing, you know, bringing him back again, it's going to be at a lower salary salary, like you said. Hey, you didn't butcher the, the first half of the, the intro, so don't don't worry about it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, cannon fire. Let's fire the cannons. Let's fire the cannons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know that guy. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, if anyone follows our, our YouTube channel or our film studies, everyone knows that we like Sue a lot. If we had this last year, we would have talked up Sue even more. We're all over Twitter saying how Sue does his assignment. Everyone gets mad that he may look lazy at sometimes he's a big boy i don't know what you're expecting him to do so sometimes i don't get the uh the crap that he kind of gets he's a professional he literally makes everyone else around him better i mean william golson attributes everything that he's done and his him getting improving over the year just do as well so i mean he's improved a lot right william yeah well i guess like, he's a big bag of trash <laughs> but i mean I say that because he gets so much flat or just so much crap that I just, it's, it's funny to me. I don't know. I consider it all, it all goes back to the McCoy versus Sue, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's where it comes from. You know, it's, it's just, it's never going to end. It's just like the, the Jameis Winston saga, never going to end. We see it on Twitter. I mean, it's just, it's like, come on guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right. well, we know who, 
we want to bring back. It seems like, I mean, a lot of people, I saw Jack Barrett, where is he at? He's saying about how you got to have all these good guys. Here it is. I think the more good players you have at crucial positions is the best strategy. I would love for the boys to have a great season, but you have a Super Bowl window. Don't waste it. Mm-hmm. He's saying, as in bringing AB, bringing Lenny back. But the thing is, it's still, you got a salary cap. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's just, you can finagle things. Yeah. Yeah, you can to a certain extent, but then do you want to be with the Saints? Saints yeah, Saints did for years. Again, they just didn't win. They didn't win in their yeah. window. So now it's like, okay, are the Bucks going to take this kind of approach? I mean, that remains to be seen. Um, you know, it's it's really just going to come down to negotiation and how much guys are willing to take less. Um, just, you know, keep the core together. What, Jay Elmore? I'm going to make this right now. <laughs> I'm taking that right now. That that's us in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> I was blocked by the former, but I'm gonna keep. <laughs> oh man, that guy! That right. guy! I, I I think he just blocked everybody. So he, he does. He does. Yeah. All right. Well, McCoy. That, that was my work. That was my work. I got blocked. <laughs> if this is true, Rand, I love peanut butter. So then this is exactly true. 100%. But let's keep going on. So we, we know who we want to bring back. We kind of know how to finagle money around. One of these guys is going to get the franchise tag, let's be honest. And the rest is going to be somewhere long-term finagling money around. I just don't think AB and Lenny will. Evan, maybe you're right. Maybe we find a way to find one of these like player or team-friendly contracts. Mm. But um, let's keep going on now to for agents that might want to come here. Mm. So you've heard all the rumors of guys that are available. J.J. Watt is available. Oh, we're the Buccaneers. We have Tom Brady. He's coming. <laughs> That's what media is going to say. Uh, then you have the rumors of Von Miller. He's not even a free agent yet, but, oh, they'll cut him. It's a sure thing. He's going to get cut. So of all these rumors and stuff, or even not even a big name, who is a guy that you think the Bucs should go after or one of these big names that Bucks are looking at? Well, I think in a in a perfect world, yeah, yeah. Looking at per se, um, in 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 a, in a perfect world, I think actually JJ Watt would be a fantastic fit. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, his versatility along the defensive line, being able to put his hand in the ground versus being able to stand up and and rush from the outside against tackles, I think would prove very valuable to this team and. I mean, J.J. Watt was on the worst defensive line in the NFL last year. Like, the mm-hmm. Texans' defensive line sucked. And J.J. JJ Watt was getting double-teamed at the high. I think he was the most double-teamed defensive lineman in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he had, I believe, five and a half sacks. But most of the time, he's the only person you have to pay attention to. Imagine if you put him on a line, and if you're able to keep Barrett or you're able to keep Sue, you put him on a line with uh, not only – you know, J.J. Watt, but Vita Vea and Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, and then maybe a guy like Will Golston or Nadam Kinsu, one of those two maybe. Uh, in, in a perfect world, uh, I think, you know, you could uh, you could definitely, you know, bring him in and and he could be a very good impact player for you. He's got still got plenty left in the tank. Uh, I, I think they actually do have interest in him, but like I said, we don't live in a perfect world, so mm. I don't think it's very likely uh it salary cap's not turned off right this isn't madden um if 
I know we say it every time. Like we were, you know, when people were saying, Oh, Antonio Brown's coming. No, this isn't Madden. And then he ends up coming. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that I, I looked like a fool every time because I said, Oh, Leonard Fournette's not gonna, that's not going to happen. It happened. Antonio Brown's not going to happen. It, it happened. So I can never say never, um, especially after this, this, the last off season. Right. Um, didn't think they would have Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and all those other guys. So I, I think J.J. Watt would be a perfect one. Obviously, the other one's uh, running back James White. That's uh, the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a name that I actually like uh, that was mentioned on the Draft Network today by Trevor Sikama. He had put out an article that just said six offensive free agents the Bucks should target. Um, and one of them was Tevin Coleman from the 49ers. Now, he does have some injury history. Um, he, he has dealt with injuries in his, both of his years with the 49ers, but he's a guy I've, I've really come to like. I liked him when he was with the Falcons. I wanted the Bucks to sign him when he's a free agent beforehand. Um, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He can pass block a little bit. Uh, I think he'd be a pretty good compliment to Jones. So that's a guy, if you could get him for cheap on a low risk deal, because he's, uh, so, um, because he is so, uh, injury prone per se, and he's getting up there in age. I, I would definitely look into it. Yeah, I, I think those are some good names to look at. You know, obviously JJ Watt. I think, I mean, that would be awesome to bring to bring that guy in, and you know, just the leadership he can bring. Um, you know, and then pairing him with you know Vita Vea, you know JPP, etc. I mean, that's that's trouble. Yeah, or you know, yeah. And Dominican Sue bring, you know, bring him back as well. A lot of versatility. Um, so I say that's definitely an option, especially if they don't, you know, find a common ground with Shaq Barrett. You know, if they decide to let him walk, maybe you bring in JJ Watt for a little lesser contract. Um, but there's options there. I mean, you look at, you know, it just depends on who's available, right? I mean, you have Bud Dupree maybe you yeah. know, coming off an injury. Um, you know, I really like, Hassan Reddick, I know he's going to get big bucks, but yeah. man, I, I really like him. Just that they finally found a way to use him correctly. Been drinking, plus. I know, I know. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going full Madden here, so I'm going, wow. you know, going all in. Um, but there's a lot of names. I mean, Jadavian Clowney, maybe a possibility if he if cheap. You know, you never know. So, and then you know, offensively, you look at you know James White. I think that everyone's saying James White. You know, it's just because he's Tom Brady's you know, guy, um, it makes a lot of sense, you know, bring him on a lesser contract and you just have him. And then maybe you draft another running back somewhere. Um, then you have a really good, you know, four man group, uh, there available. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Leonard Floyd, I see in the chat, that's, you know, another uh, one, yeah. just Justin Houston. Sure. I mean, just depends. I mean, really the question is how many calls is Jason Light going to get crap on from these guys that want to join Tom Brady. I mean, we saw it last year. It seemed like every free agent was interested to, to come here, but it just depends on, you know, contracting cap. So they, 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 they want to, they want to come, but they want to get paid too. Yeah. Right? It's not, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. gotta be, maybe they'll take, you know, if one team's offering them $5 million a year and the bucks are offering three, maybe they go with the bucks offer. But if, right. you know, if one team's offering them eight, they're not turning down $5 million to go play for Tampa. Right, right, right. No, I agree. I, Fournette was like a that that one was more odd to me than AB because AB, I mean, he had to prove something. Hmm. Yeah, Tom Brady was his his guy helping him through the whole thing. I can understand that. Fournette, I'm like, what? The, why? <laughs> why did we even get him? Why do you want to come here? But I'm not mad about it. He, he possibly could have been the MVP of that Super Bowl. 
I think they just gave it to Tom Brady because no one asked for anything else. But <laughs> well, I mean, plus you're drunk on Hassan Reddick. <laughs> you're that young coming off a 12 and a half sack season. Yeah. He's going for the money. That's uh, true. I mean, what if we get another playoff Lenny or Lombardi Lenny, a Leonard born Floyd this time? I mean, what, what <laughs> I do like him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because so he's a good fit. He'd yeah, probably be cheaper too. He'd be cheaper yeah. than Barrett, a tad bit cheaper. So right, right. Like a lot. I mean, so the thing is, like with us, we always talk about it. This defense is built from the middle, mm. so you get the pressure in the middle. The outside linebackers get easier sacks because they're being flushed out. So I, you don't really need to pay that much. That's why we kind of made the argument of how much do you really give Barrett? He's asking for the Brink truck. Then I I can't do it. To me, honestly, so. If he's asking for twenty million a year, I can't. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. So, I, I don't know. So you almost have to look differently on that one. I can see the James White area. Like, I would not pay a running back a lot at all. Like Tevin Coleman, if he's asking for money, I mean, he can't. He didn't even have. He's been hurt for ever since he signed with the 49ers. So, yeah, I don't know. So and Clowney, I don't know. I, yeah, Clowney, I, I'm I'm iffy on. Hmm. Like I, he he was. He's old. a good run. He's a good run defender. Hmm. When he was touted as like one of the best edge rushers, and he sat out his junior year and everything. So I, I, he's a, I had a bad taste in my mouth with him. So I don't know. I don't know. But hmm. um, Carl Carl Lawson would be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd be funny. Yeah, he'd be a fun player. <laughs> he's gonna get paid. Yeah. Not, yeah. A lot of people. Clowny, no thank you. You already have defensive end with knee issues. <laughs> well, I mean, I to be honest, like we said at the beginning, if you just hold what we have already and then build on it, I mean, the offense is going to, I think, be able to carry the defense, even if it needs to be. Imagine another year of Tom Brady learning the system, OJ healthy, all these guys in the same system. Holy hell. I mean, you don't even have to make massive improvements anywhere. You already know you can win it. You can Mm. but with that yeah tony here spot on yeah that's i mean that's kind of where we're you know we're thinking it you know it's just not worth that kind of that kind of money especially when you look at is he a freak of nature athlete like those two guys are right i mean i mean you just look at the sack production i mean it's mainly 80 percent when vita ve is on the field right so Mm. you know is he just a product of of the scheme or is he a guy that can really you know, take over a game. I mean, he's shown flashes of it for sure. I mean, he gets a ton of pressures and pressures are wins, but that's, you know, what's going on in the middle. You know, that's, yeah. that's where it comes from. One thing, does he get paid like he did from last the year before last year where he had 19 half sacks or does he get it from this year of like 10? Not mm-hmm. even. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if you talk, if you talk to his agent, it's going to be the 19 sack year. But if you talk to yeah. talk to the bucks, it's going to be this year. <laughs> for real. I mean, that's, it's a big toss-up. What's going to happen with the money? A I mean, of- would you guys? The franchise tag for him last year was sixteen million. Would you be fine with just offering him sixteen million a long-term deal? I, I think I'd be comfortable with that. You know, you give him sixteen, maybe five-year deal. You're looking, what is that? Upward eighty million. I think I'd be okay with that. Wouldn't be. Wouldn't be upset. I mean, that's. Yeah. He is a good player. I'm not going to say he's not. I mean, a good the, yeah, the real debate, I mean, comes, I mean, do you pay him as an outside linebacker or do you pay him as a defensive end? I think that's yeah. where the contract negotiation is really going to get, 
you know, serious, you know, because he's obviously going to want to be paid as a defensive end because they make so much more. Yeah. Forgive me, he had eight sacks. Don't me. <laughs> he, he had he had eight, but didn't he have? Um, he had sacks in the playoffs. Yeah, so. he had he had three. He didn't have two or three in the Packers game, and then he had one in the the Super Bowl, right? Right. Oh, he lit it up those last two games. But yeah, yeah. Vita Vita Vita. yeah, yeah. People yeah, <laughs> need to give the fat guy some credit. Oh, so a lot of people were asking, "What am I? My drinking? Is it a root beer? It's not a root beer. It's actually a Kona Brewing Company." IPA. So, yes. Someone said it's a craft beer, probably. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, let's keep going on. So we saw free agents that we may want to go after. We'll probably get more in depth with that mm-hmm. as the weeks go on. We actually yeah, get- it's really just knowing who's available. Once we know who's available, yeah. then we can really dive Much into Much easier, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now let's move even further. The draft. We're drafting 32nd for the first time ever. Awesome. It- Right, it's crazy to think. Even though we won the Super Bowl, we traded away because of John Gruden, right? So, at 32, the options are endless. It could be anyone, but a lot of people have certain positions that we think we need, like outside linebacker, edge rusher, stuff like that. So, I guess Evan, who do you think is in need, or where do you see an improvement that needs to be addressed in this team? Yeah, I so I, I'm I am gonna look at outside linebacker and interior defensive line mostly because when you you know Jason Bear Paul isn't getting any younger and he's a free agent next year. So even if you bring back, let's say you bring back Shaq Barrett and you bring back Nadamakan Sue, you bring back the whole defensive line, right? You bring them all back. I still believe that eventually you're gonna need this youth. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna be wanting to use your first round pick or, you know, premium picks on, you know, maybe moving up for a quarterback eventually in two, three years, maybe if you see the right one or uh, just staying and picking a quarterback there. So I don't know if you want to be worrying about the future of an def- entire defensive line, you know, when you should be focused on the f- future of quarterbacks. So I personally w- would, you know, I, it all depends on who's on the board, right? Because you don't, you don't get to just choose anybody. So uh, if, if there's a, you know, player there. I like Jalen Phillips from Miami. Uh, it's a little bit of a risk because he does have some injuries. He actually retired from football and then came back and then transferred to Miami. Um, so there's a little bit of a risk there. But I think as far as like potential goes, I, I think he's he's a really really good player and he has a very high ceiling. Uh, Christian Barrymore, the interior defensive lineman from Alabama, we. We talked about it before the show. My one concern with him, this interior defensive line class is the weakest it's been in the la- in a few years. Mm-hmm. So I maybe have some hesitation picking the best guy of that class. That if this was an this was an average interior defensive line class, I'm not convinced that he's the top interior defensive lineman. So he's a solid player. I think he could be a good pro but I'm just not sure about the the value there at the end of the first round. I know that 32nd pick is basically like a second round pick, mm-hmm. but I, I'm still not sure uh, about that value. Also, I, I would, I wouldn't be opposed to, to trading out of the first round altogether, get more picks. So I'm always, yeah. always, I love the draft. So I'm always down to get, to get more picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm the, I'm the same way. You know, I, I, you know, look at that 32nd pick. Um, 
you know, if you have an opportunity to trade down, I think you definitely try to take advantage of that, especially um, your pick, your, your next pick is so late. So like late. it's, yeah, it's like it's so, so many, right. Yeah. So many picks that go by. So, you know, I'm definitely in the, the, the boat for trading back. Um, but like you said, you know, edge rusher, defensive tackle, I think it's definitely a need. We definitely need to get, you know, younger there. Um, so, you know, guys, if you haven't checked out our draft content, we already put up, you know, videos of Marvin Wilson, jo- Joseph Asai. Uh, we got Joe Chion coming out uh, tomorrow. So there's a little spoiler alert for you. Um, you know, we put Javante Williams out today. That's a running back. Again, now everyone's panicking. Oh, we're taking running back first round. No, no. <laughs> no. So Scott, Scott Reynolds would really would really love you guys for, for saying they're taking Javante Williams. Yeah, yeah. That's his pick for his mock draft. So <laughs> um, really good player. You know, I really like his tape. So but I think, yeah, defensive line, you know, edge rushers. You look at, you know, Aziz uh Ojulari from Georgia. Um, the guy you mentioned, Jalen Phillips, I think he's a stud like that guy. Uh, he's probably the best pass rusher of yeah. the group. I mean, he's got it all as far as, you know, inside, outside strength, really good prospect. So, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm always for more picks. I think you want to get as many shots at getting the answer right as mm-hmm. you can, because I mean, even Jason Light even says it, it's like, yeah, you, you trust your staff. You think you know you 100%, but you're dealing with people. You don't really 100% know no matter what. Even like you, everyone saw Moneyball. Everyone's like, oh, this guy's a surefire thing. No one really knows. I mean, you may see the best thing on tape, but he's a head case. Johnny Manziel. I mean, you may see Ryan Leaf. Stuff like that. So it's like, you never know. Like, Or injuries take it. Like, look at Justin Evans, gone. Kendall Beckwith, gone. Two really good high day two picks gone just because of an injury. So, I mean, to me, I'm like the more you have to work with just talent, quant- the quality, the quantity of quality guys you have in your team matters. And if you can trade down, I'm all for it. I mean, that's like the Patriot way We have Tom Brady. Keep doing that. Maybe it's the Brady way, not the Patriot way. But I mean, if we stay pat, I'm, I'm always like a, a fat guy. <laughs> always want either, D-line, offensive line. If you can get one of the best guys of those, again, you're you're winning the line. You're that's what we did to the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. We ran the ball and we passed for us like hell. Keep adding to those strengths. I mean, don't don't lose that. Uh, uh-huh. I, I like your two guys, Christian Bar- Barrymore. We, we're gonna have him coming out soon too, guys. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, Jalen Phillips, we've peaked at him already. He's got talent. I'll give you that. But the fact is that you're saying he's at 32, he may be one of the best edge rushers in this class. Mm. That's saying something like the fact that you can get the best edge rusher at 32 yeah. because of off the field stuff. It, it, again, how bad is this edge rushing That's, class? Or, and, oh, and, and also the off field stuff, something that Jason Light's going to have to obviously research, right? Is, mm. is, are they comfortable with, you know, um, there's been some talk that he has a real passion for music. You know, yeah. it, it, is football his number one concern? I'm not saying that it has to be his number one concern, mm-hmm. but is, is football, you know, his like top thing. Um, and then obviously the injuries and, and that's what could cause him to, to slide to 32 because if, if this guy had a clean bill of health, I mean, he would have never, he would have still been at UCLA 
and he would probably be a top 10 pick. Like right. he probably yeah. would be. Um, so there, there's a reason that he would be available at 32. Like it's not, he is not perfect. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I just based on potential, that guy, just like you said, Mike, he, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a good point too, by, you know, Jared, he said, you know, most probably be taken by 32. And that makes sense because it is not a very strong, you know, edge class. It's top heavy. Um, so you're going to have teams out there who need pass rush and, you know, they're going to reach, they're going to reach a little bit. And uh, so that goes into, you know, the point I wanted to make about, you know, what Mark was saying with offensive line. I think you look at this offensive line class, especially tackle, very strong, very, it's depth. So if you can get, you know, a guy like, you know, Sam Cosme, or, you know, maybe you get a guy like Alex Leatherwood who could play inside or outside. Um, so there's a lot of versatility there, you know, Jalen Mayfield, uh, Tevin Jenkins, any of those guys, if they do fall, you know, I think those should be really good picks because, you know, Donovan Smith, he's up for contract next year. You know, you're going to need a replacement possibly. So it's always good to take offensive linemen. So I think those could be a factor, but then we get into running back. You know, if those edge rushers get taken early, you know, maybe a Najee Harris, maybe a Travis Etienne falls, and you're looking at a stud running back that you can have for the next five years and you can let, you know, Ronald Jones go. You could still have Keyshawn Vaughn, et cetera, as your backup. You know, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Evan, I'll let you take this. Yeah, I, I do think it makes sense. Um, I, I think it, you know, I, I personally, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm not a big guy in paying running backs huge money. I think historically it just doesn't work. You know, it just, it, unless you're, you know, like Christian McCaffrey, a player that can do sort of both, like you can line him up a receiver on a lot of your sets and, and he can make it work. Alva Kamara, same thing. Like those types of players, I would be fine with paying. Uh, because I think they can do more than that. They're not your just normal running back. Uh, the the issue with you know Najee Harris and Travis Etienne is, I just don't think either one's going to be there. Yeah, and especially especially Harris. I think during this draft process, Harris is a guy that's going to probably be the first running back off the board. Uh, maybe Arizona. Uh, I think it's sixteen. I've um, seen that. That would be yeah, crazy. That'd yeah, be... with in that offense with you know oh. Kyler and Hopkins and Kingsbury calling it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty scary for for NFC West. But um, and then you know Miami at eighteen, mm-hmm. and then if you get past them, maybe the Jets, maybe the Steelers, uh, maybe the Bills. So there's just so many obstacles for the Bucks to land either Harris or Etn. And mm-hmm. the same thing almost with the edge rushers. I mean, the Titans need an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders desperately need an edge rusher. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the, the Ravens could use an edge rusher. The Browns could use an edge rusher. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, and all four of those teams are, I believe the Raiders are lowest one. They're 17. All four of those teams are in like the 17 to 26 range and they're all ahead of the Bucks. So yeah, you could be looking at a scenario where all those pass rushers are pretty much gone and you have to either take a guy like Christian Barrymore who, you know, could be there or look at potentially trading back or taking a guy like Javante Williams, which I'm fairly confident that Williams will be available at 32. I, I think, I don't think anybody's going to pick him uh, higher than that. Uh, but, and I mean, it'd be interesting because that, that fifth year option is a big deal. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that that's team control, cheaper team control for an extra year. That's that's definitely a big deal, and I think something that even like the Kansas City Chiefs last year when they picked Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think that that was going through their mind as well. So uh, I, I think it, there is a ton of options, and don't really know how they can screw it up much, but uh, there's a lot of options. So yeah. To summarize, let's trade down, guys. I think that's, <laughs> that's gonna be yeah. that's gonna be our best. <laughs> this is something funny. I kind of talked with Robert Green about <laughs> outside leverage. Uh, if you guys aren't following him, follow him. He's really good informational Buccaneer content. Uh, like about that fifth year and having that extra year of player control or team control, right? I'm like, what are we, the damn Rays? I mean, you serious? <laughs> are we that you're struggling to hold on to guys that bad? I mean, if we want a guy, we're going to pay him. We're talking about it like it's so damn easy this year, but we're, oh, what if it's a draft pick? Oh, we got to hold that fifth. To me, I mean, it's not that big a deal, especially for a running back. Running backs mm-hmm. usually don't make it that, to that next contract. If they do, they're going to be making an astronomical amount of money. And again, I don't like to pay running backs. Yeah. So I, I to me, if it is a running back, cool. Uh, it's not because of the, the extra year. I'm not downing the case at all. It's just, I thought it was kind of funny. They were, it's almost like a, Tampa Rays thing. I don't. I don't know. But I mean, yeah. I to sum it all, I would trade down for more. But to me, it's we're sitting pretty. Like whatever falls to us, let it fall. And yeah, if we're, we want to get out because someone sees, oh, maybe a quarterback did fall, or someone wants like yeah. Mac, Mac Jones, right? Is that his name? Yeah, falling down. Oh, maybe they want to trade up. But we'll we'll see. I mean, I think it's a, a prime spot. And oh, so I actually would want to know if we did take a tackle, we took like an offensive lineman. Evan, what would what would you think? Uh, well, it, to me, it would depend on on the lineman. I do like I like Samuel Cosme from Texas. Uh, I do I do like Jalen Mayfield. Um, I, I'm I'm iffy on Alex Leatherwood. I do like his versatility, but um. In that spot, I do like Liam Liam Eichenberg. I think it is from Notre Dame. I, I like him. He's he's more of a I think a fit at right tackle kinda. Uh, and I don't I just don't. I know a lot of people say, oh, the easy move just move worse to left tackle. Um, I just don't think it's it's not that easy. Like yeah. it's just you know switching like that is just not that easy. So to me, I, I an offensive lineman wouldn't be my first choice because they just picked one in the first round last year. And I think their offensive line is actually like a real strength. And plus their offensive line isn't, you know, it's not like an aging offensive line and like, it's not declining. Um, So I personally, I I would, that wouldn't be my first choice, but I also wouldn't be mad because defensive line or offensive line, I don't really think you can go wrong most of the time in the first round, you know, pass rushers, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, whatever, whenever you're picking them in the first round, I, I don't think you can go very wrong. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this, Evan, would you take a risk on like, you know, I think interior offense line might be a bigger need than say tackle. And you look at, maybe a Landon Dickerson. I mean, at 32, I know he's coming off the injuries. You know, that is a concern, but when you watch his tape, man, that guy, he's good. He's a a beast, right? Yeah. He's he's a good player. And I mean, uh, you know, yeah, you you may, you know, Alex Kappa is a free agent after this season uh, and Ryan Jensen at center. If you wanted to look for a future center, Ryan Jensen's going to be 30 years old and he's a free agent after this season. So, um, I Dickerson's a guy I do like, and I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, maybe say, I think a guy like Dickerson, I think is where you could possibly 
move out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Not not too far, not too far down, but move out of the first round, get an extra pick or two, and then still get like a guy yeah. like Dickerson. Yeah. Um, which I also think they could maybe get with Javante Williams too, if they mm-hmm. were dead sound taking him. Look, if somebody's offering you, you know, a team like uh, I don't know, a, t- a team that's in like the top ten of the maybe Detroit wants Mac Jones for the future. They don't, you know, maybe they just want Jared Goff some competition or like a placeholder or something. They can give you that, and they give you an extra pick or something. Uh, that I, I wouldn't be opposed to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's like I said, can never go wrong. I think drafting offensive linemen, defensive linemen, or pass rushers in early on, and I think it's it's evident right there. Well, this is kind of funny. Raymond said, Bucks spent $4.2 million on a running back position last year. Anyone think they'd like to play running backs? Yeah. 4.7, he corrected it. <laughs> Raymond's good with that. He is good. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with that sentiment already. I I hope they keep doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. and Light usually fixes his, his mistakes quickly now. Mm-hmm. Mid the kicker decision, he's like, oh, hell no, I got to get rid of this. Quickly changed it. Maybe he's like the Doug Martin contract. He's like, eh. Yeah. Do that again. I mean, just can't. It's just the running back position just doesn't. There's no longevity in it. So you. That, yeah. Well, good. that's why. That's why I don't see Ronald Jones being back because I right. think Light just has learned his lesson with. If Ronald Jones, you know, if he gets over, he was going to get over a thousand yards this year. Um, he's likely probably to get a little bit over a thousand yards next year, and I just don't think Jason Light is going to have any interest in paying him five, six million dollars a year. I just, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. And what do we do? We don't throw the tight ends. We don't run the ball. We throw the ball down the field, right? So yeah, are we gonna give top dollar to a running back? Yeah, it's just the, yeah, not not the Tennessee Titans, right? It's it's different. It's Derrick Henry. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just look at our team, how they're built. I just mm-hmm. don't see it. But uh, let's get a question. Rendax had a good question. Is that is this a draft that will show which players are long term answers and which players the Bucks want to replace with cheaper options? Good question. Who yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, sorry, that I, I couldn't, it, you cut out there for a second. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting because I do think that certain positions you could see that. Um, like we were talking about at guard, right? If they would draft an interior offensive lineman early, maybe you're thinking, okay, they think Kappa might be a little bit too expensive. They're not getting rid of Ali Marpet, right? He's a captain on the team. He's probably the best offensive lineman on the team uh, right now. I think Worfs could maybe pass him, but right now, today, I think Marpet's probably the best. Um, so I don't think you get rid of him. Is Kappa too expensive? I mean, he already got three offensive linemen making $10 million. Is Kappa going to be too expensive for you? You let him walk, and then you you know, you know pick up the, the, the cheaper option. I think that could be a scenario. I, you know, I brought up on, on Twitter – the other day and I got some flack for it depending on what happens and I'll get into it shortly I don't want to spend too much time on it depending on what happens with Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown let's say Chris Godwin's tagged and let's say Antonio Brown walks I wouldn't be opposed to drafting a wide receiver at 32 if the right one was there it would have to be the right one um like a, a Terrace Marshall I think is a perfect fit for the Bucks offense I doubt he's there but I think he's a perfect fit from LSU um, just because, you know, this Chris Godwin, you know, being on the tag for, for one year and then the Bucks have a, a three headed monster at wide receiver. Right. I like Tyler Johnson a lot. I like Scotty Miller, but 
those players aren't Terrace Marshall, in my opinion. So let's say a guy like Marshall comes in and you have this three-headed monster at wide receiver for a year, then you can let Godwin walk after he chases, you know, 20 plus million dollars and you don't have to spend that on Godwin. You can mm-hmm. instead resign Carlton Davis. And if you want to resign Donovan Smith and Ryan Jensen, so you don't have to go just try plug in different holes. Um, I, I think that would be a, an interesting scenario. And I got some flack for it. A lot of people are like, oh, you don't draft a receiver. It, 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 I wouldn't just say, oh, draft a receiver. It has to be the right one. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not just drafting a receiver to draft one. Um, but it's something that I would I would consider. I don't know if I'd pull the trigger, but if Terrace Marshall was there or like a Rashad Bateman was there, it, mm-hmm. it would be tempting. It, it would cross my mind if Chris Godwin receives a franchise tag. Every if he receives a long term deal, Godwin and Evans are your your future one and two for the time being. So there's real no mm-hmm. need. But yeah, no, I agree with that point. I, I think you know, talk about strength of the class. Receiver right is so damn strong. Like it's. You got a lot of players there. You could easily, and I'll just say it right now: they're going to draft a receiver, but maybe not yeah. first round. You know, yeah. they're, they're you know Jason Light loves drafting receivers, so I think He's that's good gonna, at it too. He is good at it, right? And I think that's going to happen. Um, and there's so many like just different types of receiver in this class. Like, you know, you could get a Rondell Moore, you know, a little shifty guy who can you know make plays as well, and Kadarius Tony, Amari Rogers is another guy like that, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's so many, uh, so many good ones. I mean, Mark was telling me about uh, Atwell from Louisville. Hmm. Um, so there, there's a lot of good good receivers. That That is straight up a BA guy. Really small, like skinny, toothpick, extremely fast dude, deep threat. That's like J.J. Nelson in a nutshell. Hmm. That's what BA likes, and you can get him so late. I, I'm just like, I can almost see that happening. So it's crazy. Um. So my thing is this. So I know with the draft and everything, the biggest thing with free agency, if we don't address it, is if does if Shaq does leave, we don't address outside rushing, outside pass rusher. I think that literally would be the biggest yeah. downfall of this team because mm-hmm. you mentioned it. You got an aging JPP. After if Shaq does leave, there isn't really anything else besides JPP out there. I mean, yes, you have Quentin Bell, who is a prospect. You have uh, Gill, Cam Gill. Anthony Nelson. Anthony Nelson, but yeah, that's not really a speed. He's got power. He's maybe a little bit more twitchy than Golson, but it's like, ooh, what do you do? You don't really have superior edge rushers. Yes, we always talk. We always cause it up the middle. It'll help the edge rushers, but that is a big glaring hole you will have. Yeah. Yeah, your edge rushers still have to be good, right? Like just like we mentioned, Shaq Barrett's a good football player. Jason Pierre Paul is a good football player. Your edge rushers still have to win their matchups and and be good, uh, no matter what the middle force is. So it just makes you with that middle force is so strong, it just makes it easier for those edge rushers to get there. Um, So if they do lose Shaq Barrett for nothing, I'm fairly confident that they still believe they have that they. They're in this window, and I'm fairly confident that they would go out and, and sign somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like what the Bucks did when they when they released Gerald McCoy. They signed a Domkin suit just to replace him. You know, just sort of put take him out, put him in. I, I I'm confident whether it's Leonard Floyd, whether it's Hassan Reddick, whether it's uh, Carl Lawson, any of the names we talked about, Matt Judon from Baltimore is another name. Um, I, I'm fairly confident that they would sign somebody. And then, you know, you know, 
if a Von Miller does get cut, uh, something like that. Um, and, and then, yeah, if if you, you're signing a guy like Von Miller to a one-year contract, you have two 32-year-old edge rushers, then I, I think edge rusher definitely becomes a, a need that you need to fill uh, within the first two rounds. I, I think that's that's pretty obvious there. I mean, I think they need youth already. Imagine, you know, Barrett's, what, 28 years old, replacing him with a guy that's four years older and coming off a major injury. Uh, I think you definitely need youth. But uh, if if Barrett w- were to walk, I would be pretty confident they'd bring somebody else in just because I don't think they want to they wanna risk anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's definitely an option. You don't want to pigeonhole, you know, yourself at the draft. Uh, I think yeah. that's what Jason like, you know, he likes to do, you know, make sure he's got starting material pretty much at every position. And then you can draft, you know, based on best player available and really attack it at the right way. And um, so and it's just going to it's going to be awesome to see how it unfolds. You know, which direction are they going to go? How are they going to structure these contracts? Um, and the good news is they got. I mean, they got the man. They got Mike Greenberg. I mean, he is he is the dude. So uh, I'm pretty confident. So we'll just have to see how it turns out. All right. So a couple of good points in here. So a, lot, a lot of people in the chat talking. So and <laughs> talking almost stocks here. So let's, let's go with this one. Rendax talking. Wide receiver is going to become a dime a dozen position, just like running back. So many tier one guys have come out since 2018. Wide receiver price is going to bust. Market is too high right now. Buy short. <laughs> it's like a stock stock market game. I mean, but it's he's not wrong. I mean, there's there is yeah, a lot a good of point. talent. And I am right. I agree with him. You always buy short. You always buy guys that okay, obviously, top tier, top tier. That's not an area we really need. So buy the lower guys like Antonio Brown. Those buying low. And a guy that literally has the potential to be number one in the whole entire league. So yeah. I agree with that 100%. I think he's talking about the 32nd pick being a wide receiver. Yeah. Well, what was your take on that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, I, I definitely think when you're looking at the past trends of the, the past three drafts, right? Like when, when, when Michael brought up that, you know, this wide receiver class is stacked, I was going to say, yeah, it seems like everyone is almost at this point. It, yeah. it seems like wide receiver and running back always seems to have a pretty strong class. Right. I mean, this year you got Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, uh, Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, Rondell Moore, just like all the guys we mentioned. Right. And then there's plenty more that I haven't even mentioned. Uh, and then it seems like every year there's four or five guys that you consider for round one. And then you're like guys in round two. Well, these guys could be a first round pick. And there's, you know, there's guys in round three. The Bucks got Tyler Johnson in the fifth round last year. <laughs> Tyler Johnson had no business being in the fifth round it, it, last year. Uh, to me, I thought he was a, he was like a third round pick. I, I honestly thought I was shocked that he was there. And I was like, wow, like that's, that is some value there. Um, so, I mean, it's a good point. And I mean, that's definitely, you know, I think there's definitely pros and cons to that, you know, picking the receiver at 32. And I'm, I'm not saying particularly I would do it. Um, but I, I know I know Ren's, Ren's a smart guy, so like he you know he knows what he's talking about, and I I agree with him. Um, you're you're seeing it all over the place. You can get wide receiver for for cheap. It's just when there's a, a special guy there, I, I would consider uh, taking him over uh, another position, say offensive line. Yeah, 
but guys, guys, let's be honest. We're going to bring in OBJ and everything yeah, is going to be, yeah. gonna be crystal. Everything's going to be fine. You know, they, Godwin Brown, they're both back. Odell's going to come in. They're going to run four wide receiver sets. Um, JJ Watt's going to play fullback on goal line situations. Scotty uh, Miller at running back. Yeah, yeah it's, that's, just, that's what it's going to be. Introducing fullback. <laughs> no, I, hey, like, it's funny, but like, watch one of these actually happen. Watch, right? It's crazy. Yeah. You can't you can't say never. I mean, you really can't. You know, especially with Tom Brady at quarterback, can't say never with this team. Anything can happen. Insane. Godwin, if they would lose Godwin, that's another situation where I think they would target maybe another receiver. Like, I, I don't think they just want Mike Evans. And right. then, I mean, they would probably bring Antonio Brown back. I guess that's the easy answer. I mean, um, but I mean, you know, I, I don't think they would want Mike Evans, Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson to be their top three. Um, I don't know if they have enough faith in Miller and Johnson. So I think they would, I don't know about Odo Beckham, but like, I, I think you could see it in, in the free agent market. You could see them maybe go after a guy for, for cheaper. But I mean, like we talked about, I, I don't think Godwin's going anywhere. I honestly think out of like. I think they're going to be able to keep most of their guys. It's going to be difficult, and it's going to put them in a in a tough cap situation for the next you know two three years. But I mean, that's the price you pay to win, and uh, I think they're going to keep most of them. So Godwin, David, Barrett. I, I, I if I had to bet, I think Fournette's gone. Um, I think Brown. I, I I know I said I didn't lean which way. If all of them are back, I say Brown's probably gone. I think Sue's back and Gronk's back. So. Most of them, most of the, the most important pieces, I think, to the puzzle are going to be back. All right. So, a couple of Raymond comments here. Food for thought. Godwin was a third round pick. Miller, sixth round. Johnson, fifth round. Who needs a first rounder? Yeah. <laughs> it, it goes right to Ren's point. You know, right. it really does. Yeah. Then he goes on six lights. <laughs> WTF is wrong with you. RBT fam, get on it down there. Hit the like button. Thank you, Raymond, as always. And he had one more good point. Where is it up here? Lost it. Here it is. He's giving you credit. Evan is right. It's not easy moving a right tackle, but with ease that Werf suggested to the pro game, he's definitely capable of making that move. I'll add also, how many damn times did we see Marpet move? I mean, a guy that's that athletic. Yeah. Right, right, right guard. Guard. Started at right guard, went to center, went to left guard. Very versatile. He's just making yeah. his way down the line, right? Yeah. So <laughs> He's going to end his career as a tackle. He's flipping, <laughs> he's, he's replacing Donovan Smith. That, <laughs> right? That, so, I mean, that, makes, that makes sense. If a guy's that athletic, I mean, he hey. played college ball left tackle. So true. He started at left tackle and then ended at right tackle. I don't get this. Mm. <laughs> I don't get it, but hey, you never know. You, you, you truly never know. Uh, there was another point. Here we go. This is a good one that was brought up. TV 12 goat man said, see a lot of talk about guys taking one year deals, then going back to free agency next. When cap goes up, does that help or hurt us? Plus was mentioning that. Plus take that one first really quick. I, I think it's um, yeah that could benefit us obviously short term you know obviously with the the, the cap going up next year that's going to help everyone uh, so I think it could be beneficial both ways um, I don't really see any being a negative yeah yeah I think uh, in particular see I'm looking at the Bucks particular free agents does Shaq Barrett want to take another one year deal. No, I, I don't know if he does. Does Levante David, is, does he going to take a one-year deal? Eh. Like Chris Godwin, he's not going to want a one-year deal. Like, you know, I, I, I look at the Bucks' particular free agents, and it's I don't see many candidates for 
you know, of the obvious ones, Gronkowski, yeah, that, that's a one-year deal. Uh, Dominican Sue, that's a one-year deal. If Antonio Brown or Leonard Fournette, those are likely one-year deals. Um, but, you know, as far as Barrett, David, and, and Godwin goes, I don't see how taking a one-year deal is really – and unless the prices are lower than we expect them to be, like very low, mm-hmm. like Godwin is, is being offered like, you know, $12 million on the open market. He's expecting like 20, then it would make some sense. But I don't, I don't see any of those players, you know, being like, Oh, one year deal, I think. And then enter the market next year is better for me. Especially a guy like Levante David. He's already mm-hmm. 31 years old. You're only going to get older. What do you think your market's going to be next year, right? I mean, do you really think your market's going to be as strong? I mean, your market's already going to be weak right now because you're an inside linebacker, you're over 30 years old, and they typically don't get paid much. So, uh, you know, your market's already going to be weak. Do you want to take a one-year deal and do this all again? I, I don't think so. So for the Bucks, I actually think, you know, the one-year deals could benefit them getting some players, like a J.J. Watt, yeah. like a James White maybe. I think that's uh, what he meant. With the question. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it, it could definitely. So I would say it, it would benefit them uh, in, in multiple ways. But as far as their own free agents, I actually think most of them would prefer long term deals, as every player would. But yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're getting near that hour, but I want to ask one last question because it hasn't been asked yet. According to the draft or looking at the draft, would you or do you think the Bucks would even entertain a quarterback, drafting a quarterback first, second, anywhere in the draft? Well, anywhere in the draft, I, I think once you enter the fourth round or so, I think that's where they consider it. I, I still view I the, the sense I get from it is that they're still they wanna like they wanna win. Like so I think they're gonna try in the first, you know, two, three rounds to get players that, yeah, for the future, but also players that can make an impact now. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I could see a running back in the first three rounds. I could see a receiver in the first three rounds. Those guys would would see the field right if you're drafting a quarterback in the first three rounds he's not seeing the field like he's, he's not and especially also i mac jones eh, kyle <laughs> trask yeah like i'm just i'm not a huge fan of any of those guys if you had a chance to get tebow yeah i mean you know that that he he yeah, that bucks already brought somebody out of retirement last offseason they, they could do it again so um i i mean you know, if a guy like Trey Lance was realistically going to be there, sure. Like, I'd take a guy like that, but that's not going to happen. You know, like the top four quarterbacks are the top four quarterbacks, and they're going to go all within the, the top 15, maybe top 10. So, uh, I, I just, uh, you know, maybe take a flyer on a guy if, like, a Jamie Newman from, from Georgia's there uh, went to Wake Forest, but actually transferred to Georgia and didn't play at all. Uh, if he's there in the fifth or sixth, maybe take a shot on him like a Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, take a shot on him maybe. Uh, but as far as like early rounds, I I, I personally would. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we got plenty more draft talk to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just wanted to hear your take on that. Well, then that awesome show. Great questions down in the chat. Thank you guys. Evan, you freaking knocked all of them out of the park. That was awesome. But uh, other than that, tell, let everyone know again where they can find you, the Cannon Fire Podcast. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you can find us on YouTube, uh, Cannon Fire Podcast. We do. Uh, we're going to ramp up our offseason coverage here. Uh, we just finished a, I'll say, a great season. Great season for everybody for content. So, um, and then you can find us everywhere you can listen to a podcast. You know, so uh, a- Apple, whatever, uh, Google Play. We're also on Spotify. 
Uh, and then you can find me. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Evan NFL. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Evan. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been really fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me guys. Great show. You guys got. And guys, thank you again in the chat with that said until next Monday.